0: What's going on gang? Before this video starts, I just want to let you know that there's a little bit of mic quality drop in it. I had my microphone plugged in my external one. uh, But for some reason, it wasn't adapted to my recording software, or at least uh, plugged in for that software. So it's plugged in now moving forward. I think there was an update, it just got it messed up. So apologize for a little bit of a mic. Or quality drop there, but enjoy the video, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to the channel. It is 5:47 a.m. East Coast time. It is Monday, the best day of the week. It is October 21st, start of a new week. It is week eight coming forward, but we're finishing up week seven with a Monday night football showdown slate. 1.6 million dollar prize pool, 400 thousand dollars to first, and it's a slate where, man, if you like uncertainty, which is a showdown slate in general, so I'm sure. Sure, you have some uh, pleasure and desire for uncertainty. You're getting in on this slate. There's no doubt about it. Um, So before we get into it, welcome. If you are new here, my name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, MLB, WNBA, and the NBA streets. You're listening on the podcast version. How's it going? Hope you're doing well. Hope those ears are doing well over there. Listen to the video version. You can see over my shoulder that I do have um, sort of an initial player pool if you're just trying to put together one to two to three to four lineups, right? If you're putting together 150, 50 plus, 20 plus lineups, you're going to have more players in this, surely. You're going to want to have that, otherwise you're restricting that player pool too much. You're probably taking on a little bit too much um, risk by, by not having enough variance in a variance slate, right? Um, so with that said um, before you get into it you can hit the subscribe button it helps me out a ton we're like 100 subscribers away from 13,000 so it's a pretty cool um, milestone to hit another round number so I really appreciate each and every single one of you if you want my um, my Monday Night Football tiers. If you want any of my exclusive content, you can find that down below on Patreon. Click the link. I believe the two top tiers are, are filled up, but uh, the main tier is still there, so you can check that out. Uh, NBA tiers will be opening in November on Patreon, but I will be putting out NBA content starting tomorrow, two-game slate, and then I'll be on Awesome Show on Wednesday doing some NBA uh, discussions on the strategy show in the morning with Josh Engelman. So that's kind of the stuff you can find. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my social medias. Twitter's is at DFS. Social medias are just SalVetri. Um Facebook page and Instagram. Check me out. Follow me, whatever you want to do. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Really appreciate the support, everybody. Uh, and yeah, so starting with this slate. <laughs> Man, injury news are just crazy. We can't get a slate tonight. It makes sense, right? You're halfway through or so of the NFL season. Everybody's going to be injured, but we can't get a showdown slate with some sort of consistency for uh, who knows how long. So... If we just start on the Patriots side, um, the Patriots are going to be without Josh Gordon. They're going to be without Rex Burkhead. Um, they have a tentatively questionable, tentatively expected to play is cautiously, whatever you want to say, Philip Dorsett. So it seems like he's a true game time decision. Um, Gunnar Olizowiski, uh, I don't know, I messed that up, but I can't pronounce the last name. i been trying to pronounce it since the preseason, no luck. Uh, he is questionable for this game. It's another wide receiver for them. So lots of injuries. Um, to the Patriots, right? We already know that they don't have James Devlin all year. We already know that they lost their kicker, Goskowski for the season. Lots of injuries for this game on the offense that are going to affect the game without a doubt. Uh, there might be one that are missing. I don't think there is. Um, so moving forward with the Jets, lots on the Jets that you have to watch out for as well. Um, on the Jets, what you're going to get is really the defense. CJ Mosley seems like he's going to be coming back for this game, which is very good from them. We're going to monitor the status of Henry Anderson, um, see if he's all good. He's another player on that defensive front. Probably their best or second best run stop on the defensive front. Mosley right there in top five in tackles and run stop. Expected to be back, so that's good for the Jets. The Jets, though, um, potentially going to be without two of their offensive linemen today. Um, it does not seem, and as of right now, it does not seem that he's going to be suiting up. That they're going to have um, one of their guards, I believe it's pronounced Osmele, and then they, it seems like they're going to have a limited uh, Cahill. Cahill he seems like he might suit up they're not sure yet so it seems like they're going to be down at least one guard and at best they'll have one guard out and another guard playing limited against this Patriots front Um, that is giving up the least fantasy points to quarterbacks uh, giving up the second least fantasy points to running backs so uh, yeah it's it's a slate that is potentially nightmarish the Patriots also do not have tight ends Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo they ended up signing Ben Watson back right he was suspended they released him then they signed him back um, and they also ended up getting Eric Tomlinson, a tight end who used to be a Jet. I believe he used to be a Giant as well. Um, in a, I think they just signed him as well. So lots of moving pieces, um, lots of things that you should be looking out for for the slate. I think that is the primary pieces of it, though. So with that said, I'm going to go through this player pool, which I have right now. I'm about 12 players for a showdown. So is what I feel good about. If you're entering, you know, one to five, even maybe 10 lineups, that should be enough players for you to be choosing from. And we'll start a bit at the top and I'll go through each and every one of them. Um, so don't worry about the ones that have no's on them. We'll touch on them quickly. We'll, we'll go into some depth on the yeses and then the x's. So if you're on the podcast listening to this and you can't see it over my shoulder on the video, don't worry. I'll kind of enunciate every single thing that you would be seeing anyways. So at the top, Julian Edelman, $11,200. Yeah, I like Julian Edelman today. Look, when we get down through this 8 you're going to see that there is very limited spots where you're going to find good players or, or just any player really at all in a good spot. And the big reason why is, well, the Jets offense is going to be facing New England. But there's also pieces on the New England offense that doesn't have good matchups or don't have good matchups against this Jets defense, believe it or not, especially with the defense getting healthy. Um, so Julian Edelman, yeah, he only ran. People think, yeah, he's definitely a slot wide receiver. We all know that. But last week when Josh Gordon goes down and there's no Philip Dorsett, you see Julian Edelman go outside for 49% of his snaps. Only ran 51% of his snaps in the slot last week with no Gordon or Dorsett. I'm going to expect Josh Gordon or or Julian Edelman to be on the outside even if um, Dorsett plays. I expect the Patriots to line up the majority of the time. And that doesn't mean every single snap. We saw it. it was about half the time last game. But I would expect the Patriots to line up with Julian Edelman on the outside, Philip Dorsett on the outside, and then Jacoby Myers in the slot when they go 11 personnel. And when they're not going 11 personnel, just too wide, maybe they go 12 personnel with two tight ends. I'm not sure they do that all that much with the injuries to their tight ends, but I think you Dorsett and Julian Edelman on the outside there as well. So I do not think that Edelman will be the primary slot wide receiver Time That is important when you try and predict and project what the matchup will be for Julian Edelman. It will be much better for Julian Edelman. Um, Brian Poole is probably the Jets' best cornerback, and he's primarily living in the slot this season. He's without a doubt their best cornerback. Um, and then on the outside, you have Daryl Roberts, who has been improving but still bad, and Jermaine Johnson, who has just been flat out bad. Um, so with that said, yeah, it's a better matchup for Julian Edelman on the outside. His price point is 11200 I love playing wide receivers. It's, it's really tough to get that into your captain spot, um, but I don't think it's an awful move. But i probably lean to get him in the flex more often, and I do like Edelman there. Second highest priced player on the slate. We're going to get into my strategy and my discussions around Tom Brady, but that's a spot where I, I do like Edelman. I'm probably going to be getting there. And especially when you're in the $11,000 range, I do prefer Brady, or I do prefer Edelman to Brady. Next up's James White. James White's only $7,400. The Jets are allowing over six receptions per game, so it's 31 receptions through five games. So it's like 6.1 or 6.2 receptions per game to running backs. Um, per week so it's a good number you saw last week James White ran 24 routes he only played 38% of the snaps but if you're going to go back and just check snap counts for James White he doesn't play a ton of snaps right on the season he's averaging 35% snaps so he actually played more than he usually does last week so it's all relative right that 38% snap count number might seem low relative to Le'Veon Bell who's going to be playing 90 plus percent of the snaps on average but relative to James White's season, that was actually a little bit of a bump. And then you also have to factor in that there's no Rex Burkhead once again. So now to second straight week without him, this is a month going on now where Rex Burkhead's played one game very limited. They're going to give more and more touches to White, you would imagine, um, especially if the game stay closer, a guy that you have on the field in short situations that you trust. Um, and this game should stay closer than some of the other teams that um, the Patriots have been playing as the Patriots go on the road here, obviously, for a get-up spot in a primetime Monday night game against the Jets, with the Jets getting much healthier on both sides of the ball. So I do like James White at $7,400. We know the PPR value. Uh, We know of the running back like James White. Uh, At the beginning, since the beginning of last year, he leads all running backs in fantasy points per touch. That's obviously because he doesn't have a ton of touches compared to them, and he's usually catching the ball, so it's bolstering his PPR format there. Um, But yes, he's a very effective back. We all know that $7,400, I believe, is a favorable price point for him. Jameson Crowder at $7,000. I like it. Look, New England is a daunting defense. I don't have to explain how good this defense has been. Um, You can say what you want about the matchups, the teams that they've faced, the best team that they have faced on offense for all four quarters was Daniel Jones and the Giants. And that offense, we all know, did not have Saquon, did not have Evan Ingram, did not have Sterling Shepard, did not have any of these guys, did not have Wayne Gallman. um, Because other than that, it would be probably the Bills, but Josh Allen leaves that game halfway through. So um, definitely a defense that has been fantastic. If you just look at, though, uh, just neutralizing stats that don't try try, try and take strength of schedule into account. Um, either way, though, obviously a very simple schedule for them so far, you can say at best. But the best spot to attack the Patriots, and it's really just trying to pick apart holes in the defense, but it is in the slot at Jonathan Jones. Um, he's been the only below-average cornerback the Patriots have had. And when I say the only one, like when we look at the next couple of Patriots cornerbacks on the outside, the other three guys that are their primary cornerbacks, even four, man, these guys are scary. Like, really, really shut down. I don't even care how bad the receivers they're playing and their quarterbacks have been so far. Um, any NFL defense that shuts a team down like that. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. So Crowder's going to probably get to face uh, Jonathan Jones in the slot, who has a 98.5 quarterback rating against, um, which is, it's not terrible. It's not fantastic like the other guys, but it's it's a little bit below average. So um, Tate went for 90-plus yards and a touchdown last week on Thursday Night Football against them. It was the only touchdown that a cornerback for the New England Patriots has allowed in man coverage. The only one. So um, you could take that with a grain of salt that this is a good matchup for Crowder, but Crowder's likely to see a team high and targets, and I think he does. I think on the outside, you're going, to have, um, you're going to have Jason McCourty on Robbie Anderson. That's not a good matchup for Robbie Anderson. Jason McCourty on and Robbie Anderson because of the speed there. Jason McCourty, not a lot of touchdown um, so far this year. Jason McCourty is also has a 54 uh, quarterback rating, passer against him so far. McCordy's only given up 2.8 receptions per game and 26.5 yards per game in man coverage with zero touchdowns. I would expect a good amount of man coverage tonight on Robbie Anderson. And then you look at the other side of the field, and it's going to be Demarius. Um, I can't separate from you, Thomas. Demarius Thomas in the last three seasons against top 20 cornerbacks has been absolutely atrocious. I imagine Demarius Thomas, uh, due to just the build of Stefan Gilmore and speed compared to McCordy. I imagine that you get Demarius Thomas, Matched up against Stephon Gilmore. And that's not a good matchup for anybody. I don't even care that he's $5,000. Stefan Gilmore so far this season um, is only giving up in the mid-20s in yardage per game. And is giving up less than three receptions per game as well. It is a extremely scary defense. This defense on a whole in the secondary unit is only giving up um, around 111 passing yards per game to the opposing team when you factor just the cornerbacks in man coverage. So obviously they'll play some zone. Obviously you can attack safeties, linebackers on the running back, and you can pick up more yards than that. But the cornerbacks, that's a league low on how many yards per game that this defense, holy cow, this defense is given up. Yeah, it's been 122.3, not 111, 122.3 yards per game for the top four cornerbacks in man coverage. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's extremely good. That is 30 yards per game, each good on average. Um, I already told you that you have guys below that number. Really tough spot for a lot of these guys. Crowder, the only one who's going to benefit, especially when you factor in that Darnold, we can say the narrative over and over. He likes going to throw into the slot. Adam Gaze will try and move the ball through the slot. And also when you look at the price point, um, he's a, right around the same price point as Anderson. Anderson surely has more upside in terms of his actual skill set week in and week out. But When you factor in matchups, I do prefer Crowder. Sonny Michel at $7,800. Look, Sonny Michel was really good last night at Thursday Night Football. The reason why people were tilting and on edge was because Brandon Bolden was coming in and taking his goal line carries and scoring touchdowns. And I think James White was taking some as well. So look, uh, Sonny Michel still gets all the touches there. He played the most snaps, 50% of the snaps last week with no Burka there. He ran 33 outs over the last two weeks. That's well above his career average. Um, He ran 12 last week. I think he ran 21 the week before that and they didn't need him as much in the second half last week as he was running routes the week before that so he's goal line work was robbed last week i don't expect this to continue to happen he exceeded on the ground the jets have a bottom 20 um or actually the jets are ranked 18th so bottom half of the league run defense so far this year he's 7800 sony michelle if you're projecting him in this spot as a nine point favorite um on the road not a great spot going on the road but a nine point favorite who is now seen more routes run if he's going to be running on average what 15 routes when there's no Rex Burkhead or somewhere around there 16 routes over the past two weeks he's probably more times than not going to find his way into two to three targets I mean, especially the way that the Patriots scheme usually shorting uh, throwing shorter passes especially to Edelman and the running backs so Um, yeah, Michelle at 7,800, I do like that. I do think it's a little bit too cheap. I think if Michelle ends up getting in on the ground and one of those two, uh, getting in on the ground and one of those two goal line scans and not being pulled out of the game on the goal line, uh, that his price point would probably be in the $8,000 range. So I think you're getting a pricing discount just because he got taken out on one goal line. And now maybe that's the truth moving forward. And that should be the value drop of that when you're not getting goal line work. Um, But I'm hesitant to say that Tony Michelle is never going to get another goal line carry for the New England Patriots. So I do like that at 7,800. Philip Dorsett, again, tentatively expected to play, so keep an eye on this. Um, 6,600. Hopefully, we don't get David Johnson like yesterday, where Johnson plays once or plays uh, only for the first quarter, not even, gets one carry and then doesn't play again. We'll check in on Philip Dorsett later today before the game locks an hour and a half before they give us the news. 6,600 It is a good matchup, though. Um, On the outsides again, is where you want to target it. The toughest matchup for... Uh, the toughest matchup for New England is going to be their slot wide receiver. Edelman might be there at some points, but it's not too worried, not too worried about him. Uh, Jacoby Myers should be there the majority of the time, and we'll get to Jacoby Myers, but he played over 70% of the snaps in the slot last week when Dorsett was out, and you had other guys on the outside, um, i.e. Julian Edelman, Gunner, some of those other players. Matthew Slater for a very short amount of the time. If Dorsett's on the outside at 6,600, I do like that. Um, Patriots and Tom Brady have been... Very favorable to throwing him the ball. He's going to be a game-time decision here. He's going to get more than likely, you probably see, just not a specific matchup here. So Daryl Roberts stays on the right side of the field almost 90% of the time. I think it's 88% of the time. And you get Jermaine Johnson on the left side of the field about 90% of the time. So they just stay on one side of the field. They're not going to shadow for the most part. Um, and they're not good enough to really shadow a man coverage. But um, Dorsett and Edelman, they'll pretty much move around, even Jacoby Myers. So there's not going to be a main spot where they stay. Dorsett's playing like 40% of his, his snaps in the slot. He'll, he's playing like the remaining 60%, each 30% on the other outside. So it's not like you're going to have one guy matching up against the other the entire time on the outside. But with that said, uh, it's then that tells you, especially if he's not going to be in the slot as much as I don't expect him to, with uh, Jacoby Myers kind of patrolling the slot for the majority of this game. No matter where Dorsett lines up, if he's healthy, whether it's against Johnson, whether it's against Roberts, he's going to have a good matchup. And the same things can be said for Julian Edelman. So that is why I do like these outside receivers for the Patriots tonight. Sam Donald is my last yes. Believe it or not, Sam Donald, look, this was one where I didn't know if I wanted to put him as a yes. But just thinking about game theory on a showdown slate, um, when you have 85-plus percent of the time, I think now factoring in this week's status, and I was looking at the trends before the last showdown, 85% of the time, at least one showdown uh or at least one captain is needed in a showdown slate, or one captain, obviously, that's 100% of the time, at least one quarterback is needed uh, in a showdown slate. Now, obviously, that's 15% of the time you don't. You're playing 100 times, well, 15 times, you don't need it. So that's a decent amount of the time. This might be one of those slates, just due to pricing and matchup. Um, but if you wanted to go to a quarterback, and I'm still deciding if I do want to go to one based on I haven't really built too many lineups out, but I think i go to Sam Donald. You know, look, he's $2,600 less than Brady already. If you're playing Julian Edelman, I think it's extremely difficult to play Brady and Edelman and like your lineup or feel comfortable about it, um, especially when you can consider that there's going to be a ton of people playing Tom Brady and or Julian Edelman. If you're just going to fade one completely, I would fade Tom Brady, and I'm probably going to do that just due to pricing. Oh, my God, Sal's fading Tom Brady. He's fading the GOAT, the guy who has the most Super Bowl rings. Yeah, the showdown slate where $11,600. And as we've seen on the last two showdown slates where quarterbacks are $11,600 or more, and I know Mahomes got Herb and Aaron Rodgers, uh, but if you look at trends, quarterbacks that are over $11,500, and if there are multiple other players or at least one other player in the $11,000 range or $10,000 range or above, um, a lot of the times that quarterback is not the one who's needed just by default of if Julian Edelman has a good game today and then Sam Donald has a average game, that combination is going to score more points and allow you to unlock better players due to the salary savings from... Um, Tom Brady to Sam Darnold of 2,600. So that is the main reason it's strategy-based. I don't like Sam Donald's matchup. The Patriots are allowing the least fantasy points to quarterback 7.3 fantasy points per game. Once again, we know how good this defense has been. But I do think it is important to point out that the best quarterback the Patriots have faced for four quarters this season is that last matchup of Daniel Jones, where his primary receivers were Rhett Ellison, a tight end, Cody Lattimore, Darius Slate, in a rookie. Right? These guys... That are not um, the the greatest, and and Golden Tate was the best weapon on the field with John Hilliman in the backfield. That is the best quarterback they faced. Oh no, Sal! They faced um, they faced Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen left the game halfway through. I'm saying through a full game, right? When you actually get to play a full game against a quarterback and see what happens, because that that Bills game was close while Allen was in there, and then also the second best quarterback they probably faced through a full game it's it's between colt mccoy and ryan fitzpatrick whichever one of those guys you think is better so yeah the 7.3 fantasy points per game it's obviously skewed when you factor in that Sam Darnold's not that type of player he's much better than all those other quarterbacks i just listed um you can say, but you want to compare to Josh Allen. He, I, think he's, I think he's better than Josh Allen, but Allen didn't play the whole game, so I'm not really trying to compare that. So yeah, Sam Darnold, the Jets have the worst offensive line rating on the slate versus the New England uh, defensive line, and that's a big reason why I might just not play a quarterback tonight. But if I was to play one, it would be Darnold due to the salary savings, due to the fact that, yes, I think New England's defense is very good, um, but I do think that Sam Darnold is above the quarterback's skill level and the overall offenses that New England has faced to hold those guys on average to 7.3 fantasy points per game. Darnold would be the quarterback I go to for $2,600 savings off Brady. Jets defense is a maybe for me. Look, Brady has looked bad in, what, 33 to 50% of the snaps? Is somebody going to say it? I know people have been saying it. He's looked bad. He's looked like a 42-year-old quarterback. He's, when he faces pressure, he has looked pretty weak, I would say. He's thrown a couple of duck passes. Some have ended in interceptions, even in the red zone this season. Um, but, look, you can say what you want about him this year. He's been very meh at best. Um, but it's a $2,800 defense. It is a defense that is below the price of the kickers by a a decent amount on this slate, $1,000 below and $800 below the two kickers on this slate. So you're getting a nice price savings. It's just, it's really a pricing play with some upside when you get C.J. Mosley expected back now. Um, Brady's been a little bit turnover prone when you factor in that the Patriots don't have um, Ryan Izzo, Matt Lacoste. They're down their main tight ends. They're putting tight ends out there like Ben Watson, who haven't played a snap this season. Eric Tomlinson, who in his career, Only has a handful of catches in like 40 games. Um, So they're putting guys out there that don't really have a nice gel with their offensive line yet. Um, So it should help. And then you take into account James Devlin has been out for the season of fullback uh, to help with some sort of pressure and ship people. It should help the Jets, in theory, defensive line, especially since they're getting healthier. Now, that's me just trying to build a case for it. At the end of the day, it's a twenty-eight hundred dollars defense that is getting put into your lineups because you like the pricing of it, and you hope that on average they score you around eight fantasy points, which means they're going to have to have some interceptions, or they can just get a fluky punt block touchdown, right? Something weird. So at home on Monday night, as an underdog, uh, it's not the greatest spot to take a defense as an underdog, but when they're in a, an up game divisional matchup like this, I'll take a defense at twenty-eight hundred. I do have some interest there. Le'Veon Bell at ninety-two hundred. Look, the guy's absolutely incredible. He'll play in ninety-plus percent of the snaps. He should be um, running a ton of routes in this game. The only concern is that his price point is a little bit restricted. So if you don't go Sam Donald, you probably do get to Le'Veon Bell just naturally. Um, same pricing range. But it's a brutal matchup for him. New England has allowed just 13.7 fantasy points per game to running backs. That's the second lowest in the league. They held Le'Veon Bell, albeit when Luke Falk was the quarterback week three, the 10.5 fantasy points. And then you have the Jets likely to be without their go- um, their guard, Melly, and then they're going to have Cahill, their center, questionable coming into this game. But even if he plays, you know he's banged up. He hasn't been practicing in full. Um, so, yeah, this is a an interesting spot for Bell. Because on one hand, you say, oh, he scored 10.5 fantasy points with Luke Falk as his quarterback on the road in New England. Huh, well, what can he do at home? Can he get me 16? Uh, 16 fantasy points for Melvin on Bell at 9,200 if you build your lineup correctly that could do it so that's why De'Veon Bell is not a no but he's also not a yes because it is important to point out that this matchup is brutal and now you're going to be without one to two of your offensive linemen tonight in what is one of the worst run blocking advantages and overall just offensive line versus defensive line advantages according to pro football focus on the entire slate Um, so I really think it comes down to whether you want Donald or Bell Uh, thinking that you can have both of them in your lineup seems a little bit iffy to me but again that's something that 5% 5% of the, of the pool is going to do tonight is stack the Jets team heavy. Um, so yeah, I think that Bell is a a maybe depending on how you feel about it. i probably get to him more just because I do think there's a lot of upside there. And I do think that these outside cornerbacks are going to absolutely shut down Anderson and Demaryius Thomas. And you're going to have to live through the middle of the field in the short passing through Bell and Crowder. So I prefer Crowder for a cheaper price point. Bell would be my next option in the Jets passing game, a potentially overall offense if I don't get the Darnold. Tom Brady. Yeah, look, Tom Brady is doing his thing at 42 years old, leading another undefeated team. He's $11,600 on the showdown slate. Like last Monday night when Rodgers was this expensive and like Thursday night when Mahomes was 12000 Mahomes is probably going to pay off that price tag, but we'll never know because um, he got injured. I just took those players out of my player pool. That's just the strategy I'm going with. It might be too bold for you or too uncomfortable for you to take a complete player or a player like Brady completely out of your player pool. But if I was to run 50 more lineups tonight... I would have 0% Tom Brady. And I already know that there's going to be a handful of people that come back to this this video literally afterwards uh, and when the week's into the next week and go, if Brady does pay off the tag and go, um, oh, Sal, you really faded Tom Brady. How'd that go for you? I don't care. I'm going into the slate knowing my strategy. And my strategy is that if I play Julian Edelman, he is more times than not going to be needed and outscore Tom Brady if Tom Brady has a good game. And then all I need from there is another decently priced player, a.k.a. Le'Veon Bell and or Sam Darnold, to just do something good. Um, Now, there's a lot of cheaper priced players in that 7k range, so it's a little bit easier to fit Brady. Uh, But if Brady's ownership is going to come in around where I think it is, 50 plus, 60 plus percent on tonight... Um, there's a chance that I do fade Tom Brady. This is a very good matchup when you consider outside cornerback play for the Jets. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I've yet to put together too many lineups. If I had to lean one way, if lineups are restrictive at all by playing both Edelman and Brady, as I imagine they probably are, unless you're putting somebody garbage in your captain spot. Um, like, I don't know, Ryan Griffin or something down there. then yeah, I'd probably just play Tom Brady. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to play the same lineup as everybody else and turn my $10 entry into 15. No, I'm trying to win the whole goddamn slate. Um, I don't put this research in just to turn my 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 entry fees into a min cash. And more times than not, if you play Brady and Edelman in the same lineup, you're probably going to turn it into a min cash. So um, I will probably take a stance there and not play him just looking at trends. You don't need an $11,600 quarterback, especially when they don't have mobility. Um, you rarely need that in a winning lineup when there's other high-priced players, especially on their same team. Julian Edelman, if Tom Brady throws him... Uh, if Edelman has eight receptions for close to 100 yards and drops a touchdown tonight, well, yeah, you definitely need Edelman in your lineup. That doesn't mean you need Tom Brady in your lineup. So uh, that's just my stance on that. It's a price play. Let me know what you think about that. Obviously, it's a bold take, but I'm not just fading the player. I'm fading his price tag on a showdown slate where you have a salary cap. Ben Watson, 4,400 is interesting to me because Ryan Izzo's not playing. Matt Lacoste is not playing. The Patriots have been letting their tight ends run a ton of routes, not utilized heavily, but they are running a ton of routes. And when you factor in that, he's only 4,400. Um, I think it's a decent spot for him as, a, as the primary pass-catching running back or, or pass-catching tight end for this game. Now, the issue is he hasn't run a snap all year. He was suspended, then he's cut. Now he's re-signed because they have another injury to Ryan Izzo, and Lacoste is out. Um, so it's an interesting spot for him, $4,400. I imagine he leads all tight ends on this team. It's really just him and Eric Tomlinson um, in just routes run. Uh, but really what you're looking for there is just touchdown upside. Um, the Patriots if they are banged up say Dorsett misses say Gunner misses and now you're dealing with a wide receiver core of like uh, pretty much just Jacoby Myers and Julian Edelman and like a lot of slot play for maybe James White and Matthew Slater special teams or has to come more on offense then maybe you see more Ben Watson but I do think Philip Dorsett plays I think Gunner actually plays too if that's the case I don't think they need Ben Watson as much in the passing game as they're going to need more protection on the line so $4,400 is interesting if you want to take that risk uh, he is a pass catching tight end, but he's also ancient <laughs> so you can you can get there if you want. I probably lean not to but the price tag is nice And the last two spots are kickers for kick, both kickers I just say pick, kickers are fine to get to just only roster one. Don't put two kickers in your lineup more times than not 90 plus percent of the time 98 plus percent of the time that's not gonna work. Um, I would just choose one. I do think kickers are valuable at their price points if you're playing a lot of lineups I do think they're valuable in slates where there's not a lot of value down below. On this slate, I don't think there's a lot of da- value down below. I don't think there's cheap players that you can get to with confidence. I think that the Jets' defense is cheap, but they're not a player. They're a defense. And then you have the two kickers. Um, those are the all only the real cheap plays I like. I think it's fine to get to one of these kickers, uh, Nugent or Sam Ficken, whichever one you want. Obviously, the Patriots with Nugent have a higher team total, so that's probably the spot that I lean more. But look at field goal props, see which one has more field goal props projected for this game. But then when you look at these no's, look, I have Brandon Bolden as a no. He's 3,200. Like the guy played or he, he's, he's been playing limited snaps like 12 and a half per week over the last two weeks. And now that's obviously because Rex Burkett has been limited and not playing. So he's getting some more snaps, but he's only surviving on touchdowns. So you're telling me now that the guy who was in the, the like $800 or $1,000 range on the last couple of slates on showdowns is now $3,200 just because he's getting like one goal and carry a game or so. It's, it's at a price point where Brandon Bolden scores you 6.5 fantasy points. He has a five yard rushing touchdown. At 3200 that might not be enough. Like, there's kickers on this slate that'll probably score around 8 to 10 fantasy points. Like, $3,200 is now a price point where Brandon Bullen has to do more for me. His 5 or 4 fantasy points, or if he catches a ball for 30 yards, his 4 fantasy points, they're not doing it for me. So $3,200, the price point came up, I don't really want it. Patriots defense at $7,200, I get it. They've been absolutely fantastic, 20-plus plus a point scoring in the majority of their games. But seventy-two hundred is too much of a price point for me. It's just I can't get there over James White or Jameson Crowder. At the end of the day, especially this one not being at home, it's going to be in Giants. It's going to be in Giants Stadium, yeah. But it's for the Jets. Um, but with Sam Darnold back and healthy, the best quarterback they will have played. Look, if it was sixty-two hundred, I would think a little bit more about it. Seventy-two hundred, in my opinion, is a bit restrictive. Robbie Anderson, we talked about his matchup on the outside. I don't like it. Jacoby Myers, I really like his price point. Jacoby Myers is the one player that, as the day goes on, I might garner more interest in. It's just a matter of this is the worst matchup for the Patriots in terms of scheming. Uh, Jacoby Myers against Brian Poole, it's the worst matchup. We saw Tom Brady last week, although Jacoby Myers ran a ton of routes in that game last week. He played 73% of his um, snaps out of the slot and ran 24 routes last week, 24 out of the slot. Um, Although... You saw that. You still saw Tom Brady not targeting him at all, not looking his way at all. He was a guy who had a breakout preseason, looked absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to be good. Brian Poole's played the seventh most snaps in the slot this season, only allowing a passer rating of 71.5, nowhere near the 99.5 that Robert or Daryl Roberts is allowing on the outside, or the 111.1 that Tremaine, Tremaine Johnson is allowing on the outside. So just a lot tougher of a matchup, but the price point also indicates that. He's a little bit cheaper. If Dorsett comes back, I really have no interest in Jacoby Myers. If Dorsett ends up being a late scratch or an inactive, an unexpected somewhat inactive, then my interest in Jacoby Myers goes up. But otherwise, I find the extra 1000 to get to Dorsett. And I think on this slate, it'd be really easy to find the extra 1000 Um Demaryius Thomas, no interest on the outside. A guy who, when he faces top cornerbacks, fails to get separation, really fails to even catch the jump ball. Stephon Gilmore should be on him for the majority of this game. Ty Montgomery, no interest in... If you're playing Ty Montgomery tonight, you might as well go all the way down and just play Bilal Powell. Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell have have ran the same amount of routes and played the exact same amount of snaps the last two weeks. Um, And you get Bilal Powell for $1,600 cheaper. So no interest in Montgomery. Ryan Griffin has ran a lot of routes. He ran like 20 plus routes last week. Um, There's still going to be no Chris Herndon for this game. He's doubtful. But the problem with Ryan Griffin is he's ran 123 routes this season. He has eight catches for 45 yards. Um, He has 12.5 fantasy points on the year in DraftKings. On 124 routes that's really bad so more times than not when you factor that in, and i get it he had luke folk for oh, pretty much every single game that he's playing outside of two um so i get it but at the end of the day he's he's not really being utilized he's not anywhere near a top three maybe not even top four five priority in his passing game so when you factor in how he's been performing this season if he runs another 20 routes tonight, more times than not, he scores you two to two and a half fantasy points. So I'm not getting to Ryan Griffin. Um, I think the price point's attractive at 1400 It's obviously very touchdown dependent. So if you think he scores a touchdown, go for it. Um, and that's about it. Braxton Berrios um, only played. He's a he's a former Patriot. The last time that they played the Patriots, he actually played a lot of snaps. That was somewhat due to injuries, but only played four snaps last week, ran no routes, and then played zero snaps the week before that. Don't expect much from him. Now that Anderson, now that they sent to Marius Thomas, right, I don't really expect too much from him. Matthew Slater, a special team there pretty much. If Gunner and Dorsett are both out, then Slater actually probably becomes an option on the outsides. He's only played 11 total snaps this season though, on offense. Um, and that's about it. Below Powell at $200. If you want to punt a single player and try and get somebody in this $1,000 below range, I go to Below Powell. But again, he only has played 14 snaps the last two weeks. He played 12 snaps last week. He ran six snaps over the last, or ran six routes over the last two weeks. Eric Tomlinson, a new tight end for the Patriots, a former Jet um, in his career, he has 16 receptions in 39 games. I should tell you the type of player Eric Tomlinson's is. Tomlinson is. a pa- He's not a pass-catching tight end. He's a blocking tight end. 16 receptions in 39 games. Um, yeah, the guy catches a ball every two and a half games. You factor that out over the course of a season, he's having like seven receptions a season, so or six and a half receptions a season. So Eric Tomlinson at $200. If you think he scores a touchdown, he might not even be needed still if he scores six fantasy points at $200. Uh, We saw a guy in Marvin Hall for Detroit catch like a 50-yard catch, have six points something fantasy points and not be needed at um, three-digit pricing. So that's about it. The only thing I will say is keep an eye on Damian Harris. He's a rookie running back who excelled in the preseason, has yet to be active this season. They've been activating special teamer and playing over him, Brandon Bolden, Bolden, as the third running back. But if they activate Damian Harris, you can be pretty confident that Brandon Bolden is not going to play that many offensive snaps. It's going to be more special team snaps. And then you can feel really uneasy about playing Sonny Michel because we've seen in the past, um, Bill Belichick will just give a guy out of nowhere in the running game 15 carries, all the goal line work, even more in Damian Harris. So keep an eye on the inactives. If Damian Harris is finally active, that probably means he's actually going to touch the ball. So that's where I'm at. It's a player pool of about 12 people. Appreciate you all tuning in. Depending on when you're watching this, I'll be live on the Pat Mayo experience at 1 p.m east coast time but then it'll archive on pat's podcast so you can check that out recapping last week looking forward waivers injuries um, rankings whatever they might be uh, rankings in terms of just team rankings power rankings so check all that out i'll be on awesome on tuesday thursday and saturday at 11 a.m for football and wednesday for the nba nba content will start on this channel tomorrow check out my exclusive content down below on patreon if you would like follow me on my social medias at Salvetri dfs on twitter Salvetry on facebook follow me not my dad um that'd be kind of weird uh and then lastly uh, Facebook page is just Salvetri, and yeah, if you do have a second to go to the Salvetri show on uh, iTunes and leave a five star rate and review, especially if you're listening to this on iTunes right now, I would greatly appreciate that. You can follow the podcast on any platform, Spotify, iTunes, subscribe to it. it really does help reach more people. So i appreciate you tuning in. One game showdown slate. Somebody, hopefully, only one person wins four hundred thousand dollars tonight. Twenty five percent of the prize pool of a one point six million dollar prize pool. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Salvetri. You already know that.